Good morning, good morning. I want to thank you all for being here today. As we gather in, this morning we want to honor today as being Veterans Day. 
which originally called Armitus Day. On the 11th hour, the 11th day, the 11th month in 1918, the Armitus with, with Germany went into effect. The following year, President Woodrow Wilson initiated what we know today as Veterans Day. And he said this in his address to the White House and to fellow countrymen in his closing arguments and closing statement. To us in America, the reflection of Armitus Day, was what they originally called Veterans Day, will be filled with the solemn pride and heroism of those who died in the country's service and with gratitude for the victory, both because of the thing from which it has freed us and because of the opportunity it has given America to show her sympathy with peace and justice in the Council of Nations. As I looked at that and what caught my attention is the things that freed us. And as we honor today our veterans, we honor those who have fallen, we honor those who have served. What we understand is freedom is not free. There was a price that was paid and there's protection that has to come in order to protect our freedom. So today we salute our veterans. And today I want to say that we salute the Lord Jesus Christ, our Commander-in-Chief, who has won the war against sin, against Satan, and has given us authority over self. Think about our Commander-in-Chief. He went into battle. He won the victory. And today we give him praise. Could you stand and lift your hands to the Lord as we magnify the name of the Lord? Father, we love you, we thank you, we glorify your holy name. Lord, we are so grateful, Lord God, for, Lord, you won the war. So there's no battle that we face that we need be afraid because, Lord, the victory has already been won for us. Lord, we thank you that you have given us that peace within, knowing that, Lord, you have brought the victory and have freed us today. Amen. Let's give God praise. I'm going to turn the service over now to our team. Please rise while the colors are being posted. allegiance to the Christian flag 
be seated. If tomorrow all the things were gone that I worked for all my life, if I had to start again with my, my family by my side, and if my heart is living here today, when flag still stands for freedom, and he can't take that away. to be an American. 
the man who died and I went my right to me and I proudly stand up next to you and don't forget my pay and I ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee across the plains of Texas from the sea to shining sea from the Medina down to Houston and New York to LA there's pride in every American heart At this time, we would like to honor our veterans by the lighting of the candles. To honor our active duty, the blue candle is being lit by Shelby Graham. To honor our living veterans, the white candle is being lit by Pamela Hardin. And to honor our deceased veterans, the red candle is being lit by Randall Mitchell. At this time, we would like to honor our POW MIAs. If you will please take your attention to the screen above. The table set for one is small. It symbolizes the frailty of one prisoner against his oppressors. The table is round to show our everlasting concern for our missing men and women. The tablecloth is white symbolizing the purity of their motives. 
The single red rose displayed in a vase reminds us of the life of each of the missing and their loved ones and friends of those Americans who keep the faith awaiting answers. The vase is tied with a red ribbon, symbol of our continued determination to account for our missing. The slice of lemon on the bread plate is to remind us of the bitter fate of those captured and missing in a foreign land. A pinch of salt symbolizes the tears endured by those missing and their families who seek answers. The Bible represents the strength gained through faith to sustain those lost from our country, founded as one nation under God. The glass is inverted to symbolize their inability to share this morning's toast. The flag symbolizes the commitment to which we pledge as did those we honor today. The chairs remain empty, they are missing. At this time, we would like to have a moment of silence to remember and honor our POWMIAs. At this time, we would like to honor our deceased veterans. If you would like to honor your loved one, please come forward to the front when their name is read. Dennis Clark, Navy, son is Jeff Clark. Jesse DeGarzo, Air Force, sister-in-law Faye DeGarzo. Johnny DeGarzo, Air Force, sister-in-law Faye DeGarzo. Bruce Fogelman, Navy, brother Lee Fogelman. Elwood Fogelman, Army, brother Lee Fogelman. Alfred Green, Army, granddaughter Cheryl Upshaw. William Green, Army, daughter Cheryl Upshaw. Virgil Griffin, Army, wife Lily Green. Bill Hagen, Army, wife Eva Hagen. Bill Hamill, Army, wife Wilma, ha Wilma Hamill. George Helton, Army, wife Serena Helton. James T. Ivey, Army, daughter Darlene Rudd. Danny Johnson, Army, 
daughter, Lisa Ingram. Dale Johnston, Army Air Corps, niece, Darlene Rudd. John Martin, Army, daughter, Jackie Bainey. J.O. Mitchell, Army, grandson, Jonathan Kite. Herbert Pratt, Army, son, Ray Pratt. R.E. Rudd, Sr., Navy, son, Robert Rudd. George Spears, Army, wife, Sylvia Spears. Mickey Stone, Navy, wife, Judy Stone. James Stibbins, Army, wife, June Stibbins. Kenneth Sundberg, Air Force, Daughter, Patty Fogelman. H.M. Walding, Army. Daughter, Diane Houston. Doug Williams, Marines. Wife, Belinda Williams. At this time, we would like to honor all of our veterans. When you hear your name, please come to the front and stand. To honor our veterans with the presentation will be Lee Fogelman and Lester Hancock. Jerry Adcock, Air Force. Jerry Allen, Navy. Daniel Billingsley, Marines. Micah Carter, Army. Billy Joe Cox, Army. Samuel Coy, Army. Twy Douglas, Army. Adam Ewing, Army. Bill Ewing, Air Force. Lee Fogelman, Air Force. James Foley, Army. Joshua Ford, Army. Larry Glass, Army. Timothy Gossett, Army. Clint Graham, Navy. David Hancock, Army. Emily Hancock, Navy. Gail Hancock, Army. Laura Hancock, Army. Lester Hancock, Navy. Thomas Hancock, Army. Pamela Hardin, Army. Thomas Heidelberger, Army. Pamela Hobbs, Navy. Kelsey Hurst, Army. Glenn Hyde, Army. Michael Johnson, Marines. 
Jerry Jones, Air Force. Ruth Lovick, Army. Robert Landry, Army National Guard. Dale Lockhart, Army. Randall Mitchell, Army and Marines. Lawrence Mixon, Navy. Daryl Morrison, Navy. Kevin Pease, Army. Clint Pingleton, Army. Heidi Pingleton, Army. Raymond Pratt, Air Force. Robert Rudd, Army National Guard. Weston Smith, Marines. Gina Stone, Air Force. Larry Wilson, Navy. Kenneth Withers, Navy. Keith Dutaz, Army National Guard. If there are any other veterans present at this time and your name has not been mentioned, please allow us to honor you by coming forward at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, these are your veterans. Have any Navy in the house? No. Do you have any Army in the now in the house? Yeah. Do you have any Air Force in the house? Yeah. Do we have any Marines in the house? Yeah. We want to thank you. As Andrew and I were just conversing here, as we were watching and as we watch each year. How wonderful this church honors our veterans. That what we understand is that we could not stand here today without the sacrifices that have been made on our behalf. Because of you, many of you are combat vets, many of you have served in active, or they're currently in active duty, and all of you serve to protect our freedoms. And we want to thank you for your service and for your sacrifice to allow us to gather in this still free nation 
and worship our Heavenly Father. Thank you. We want to pray over you a blessing of gratitude for what you've done. And many of you have lost loved ones in wartime. You've lost those in service. You're still affected. Some of your kids are deployed. Some of your family's deployed. We want to pray for their protection today. Could you lift your hands toward these veterans? Father, we come before you with grateful hearts. Lord, we are thankful, Lord God, that you have commissioned those that are here today. That, Lord God, that they have been here, Lord God, protecting the freedoms, fighting for the freedoms, Lord God, that we, Lord, so many times take for granted. Lord, we thank you today for them, for their families. I pray for those loved ones that are deployed that you will protect them. I pray for those in active duty that you will protect them. I pray, Father God, for those who are still affected by the loss of their loved ones, Lord God. I ask, Father, that you would comfort their heart. And Lord, most of all, we want to thank you for your sacrifice for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on and give now this, this group. Amen. You may be seated today. And if you see a veteran, whether it's this week, Veterans Day, anytime that you see a veteran and you have opportunity, take a moment and go over and thank them for their service. Amen. Praise God. Just, just a pure, heartfelt praise God. I praise Him for you. I praise Him for Him. I praise Him for this. To know that I can stand in this pulpit and preach about freedom in Christ freedom in our nation, and no one can tell me what to do because I am a free man. I am free physically. I am free mentally. I am free morally, and I'm free in this country. We live in a free country. God bless the USA. Amen. 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 There's many people in this world that are not able to do this today. And I thank God, and I appreciate everybody that was a part of the service, the process. I thank you for coming early and practicing and doing your part. I think you did an excellent job. The color guard, I mean, you all did a great, great job. Yes. Not many people wear a cover in the pulpit. Matter of fact, Nobody wears a cover, cover in a pulpit. This is not a hat. This is a cover. But when you are covered and you are armed, then you are qualified to wear this cover. So just let me tell you that 
We're streaming live, right? So I'm going to get over here where you can see me. So just let me tell you, when I say amen, I better hear an amen. amen. Because I am well armed and I am covered. Amen. <laughs> so I'll have to take down the amens. <laughs> I know. All right, Lee. My Air Force competitor, I mean my cohort. Let me make three uh, announcements. For every deceased veteran uh, family member and every veteran, we have a certificate for you in room 105, and we want you to pick it up today. It's got your name on it. We want you to take it and, and have it for, we want to honor you in that way, okay? The second thing is in Sulphur Springs near the Civic Center is what is called as the Wall of Healing. It's also called the Vietnam War, Wall. And this is the only place in Texas that it will be stopping. And today is the last day. So you need to go to Sulphur Springs, you need to go by the Civic Center and find the wall, and you need to look at it. It will make your heart hurt to know what what people sacrificed that we can sit here today in freedom amen in 1967 then california governor ronald reagan spoke about his vision for democracy he said Perhaps you and I have lived with this miracle too long to be properly appreciative. Freedom is a fragile thing, and it's never more than one generation away from extinction. It is, our, it is not ours by inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by every generation for it comes only once to a people wow that's so true and it's now our turn it's his turn stand up boy see how immediately he obeys once he heard i was armed man he is on my team this guy right here I am really proud of this guy. You know why? Somebody tell me why. Because he's going to be a Marine. Amen. He's leaving in a couple of weeks to go. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. We appreciate you what you're going to do. Amen. So you need to hug him today. At the end of the service, I'm going to call him up here, and we're going to pray for him, just like we did your son. Amen? And he made it. Praise God. We want to thank Pastor for letting us do this every year. Not every pastor is as patriotic as our pastor is, but he is. He is a son-in-law who is a former Marine. Of course he is. And so we appreciate him letting us honor our veterans today. To give us the complete service, honor the veterans. I want to thank you for coming today. A lot of you didn't know he was going to honor the veterans. Some of you did, and you came anyway. We appreciate that. We do.
And let me tell you, as a veteran, an old, fat, tired veteran, <laughs> nothing, I mean, besides our grandchildren, okay, we know about that, nothing makes our heart beat faster than for someone to come up to you, to me, and say, I appreciate your service. It's such an easy thing to say. You will never, you will never embarrass a veteran by coming up to them and shaking their hands. Never. You will make their day. Amen? Oh, you're getting a little lazy here. You get, amen? Yeah, I thought that'd get better. Yeah. And if you really want to bless them, pay for their lunch. <coughs> <coughs> we'll be at Caleb's ribs today, so if you you know you want to hang out out there, we'd appreciate that. Amen. It's a surprise. It is such a blessing. It's such an easy thing to do. Amen. I'm I'm sorry. Praise God. Okay, I'm gonna preach the word now. Is that okay? I can preach the word, even with my cover on. I can. Several months ago, our pastor, who is a praying warrior, I mean, this guy prays at everything, prays for everything, prays during everything, prays before, during, and after everything. If you want to find him Monday through Friday from 9 to 10, come here, and you'll find him right back there in one of them pews with his Bible, him and God. And he prays. Sometimes he's yet loud. And he's just worshiping and bawling and praising God and speaking in tongue and singing. Sometimes he's quiet. But if, unless something hinders, I know where he's at. Every Saturday morning for eight years, with few exceptions, he's here every morning, every Saturday morning, to lead whoever will show up to pray. Every Saturday morning. Andrea tried to get him to find another scripture besides 714. But he, he won't, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? They get together at 714 Saturday morning. How many of you are awake at 714 in the morning? That's what I'm talking about. We tried to get him to get one like in 932 or, you know, but he don't want to play that game. 714, praise God. He will be praying when the rapture takes place. So the Lord talks to him frequently. And we are thankful that we have a pastor that talks to and listens to God. Amen. Yes, both of them. So he got up one, one uh, service and he says, the Lord dropped something in my spirit today. So we all perk up. And he says, this is what the Holy Ghost told me. He said, this church, come on, brother. This church, that'd be you and that'd be me. The Holy Ghost of God talking to us and he proclaims a prophetic word over this church and he says this church will grow exponentially when she is united it did not say he did not say when she is richer he did not say when there are more people he said when they the ones that come are united well i wanted to know what exponential meant I had an idea, but I want to know exactly. And it means a rapid, steady growth. 
rapid and steady growth. Rapid. Anybody with me? Rapid and steady growth. You know what that tells me? Buckle up. Buckle up. Thank you, Patty. She knows I'm a snotty person. Yeah. The Holy Ghost is saying, Pastor, I've watched you pray. Now, this is not part of my sermon. So, this is free stuff. I'll start preaching, but I have 30 minutes to preach. So, you know. Yeah. The Holy Ghost is saying to the pastor, I've watched you pray. I have watched you beg. I have watched you plead. I've watched you travail over this body of heathen people. I mean, over these people. And I'm going to answer your prayer. Come on now. How many of you like for God to answer your prayer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we like it when God answers our prayer. Specifically. Amen? Yes, we do. Yesterday, my daughter called me and says, Jacob, uh, Jacob, sorry. Judah is having some problems. So we're going to take her to the, you're going to take him to the ER room. This is yesterday. She's trying to move, and we're trying to get ready for this service. And she calls me and says, we're having to take Judah to the ER room because he's having problems. I thought, well, that's just great. Couldn't he get sick on another day? I mean, grandkids are like that. They don't care what you're doing. You know, they'll just do what they want to just bust into your life and expect you to change yours. So we went into Judah mode. You know, everybody drops what they're doing and starts supporting. I'm telling you this for a reason. United. We have to be united. You can't be an island. You can't be isolated. You can't be by yourself. You will never be that way. You will always be united to someone or something. That's what makes the difference, what you're united to. She calls and says, we've got to take you to the ER. We don't think it's anything wrong. It's just stomach hurting. He's crying. I said, okay, probably needs to go. Well, you know what I was thinking to say. Um, he probably just needs to, you know, take care of that business, and he'll be over. Well, they take some tests and says they're taking him to Dallas for a procedure. No. No. We're not going through this again. Because when my first grandson was born and he was 100 days old, I got the same phone call. There's something wrong with Justin. I'm going to take him to the doctor. Before she could get him to the doctor, he passed away. A hundred days old, he passed away. He passed away from colon cancer at a hundred days. How unfair and unjust was that? And so yesterday when I got that call, immediately, you know who hopped up on my shoulder? Don't you? The same one that hops up on your shoulder. It sits right up there and says, I'm going to take him too. I'm going to take him too. You couldn't save Justin. You can't save Judah. I'm going to take him too. That scared me just a little bit because Justin is dead. He's up there with Jesus. And so the Lord says, okay, show me how much you've grown. Show me if you have grown. Over the past eight or nine years, in your faith and love and trust in me, show me. 
Show me right now. Are you going to trust what the world says, what your flesh says, what the devil says? Or are you going to trust what you've learned me to be? And he says, Randall, I am always faithful to you. I'm always faithful to my word. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But wherever you go, I will go with you. And nothing can happen to you that I don't already know about. And I have already made provision for you. You know what I did? Hallelujah! In my pickup. I said, come on, God. Oh, I'm not supposed to be chewing gum up here. Sorry about that. I do that when I get nervous. And, and the joy. Come on, somebody get with me here. Because you've gone through things too when the devil comes to you and says, I'm going to take that one too. I'm going to take that one too. I'm going to do that too. I'm going to do that. And you, there's nothing you can do about it. I've done it before. God didn't stop me. And I'm going to do it again. And we've been there. And we've listened to him. But I'm here to tell you that God is faithful. Not only is he faithful, not only is he faithful, he is more powerful than any weapon the devil has formed against you. Every weapon. No weapon formed against you can prosper. No weapon. No weapon formed against you can prosper. So we call pastor. Of course, we call pastor. You know why? Because he's my spiritual leader. And I know he loves me and he loves Judah with a, with a love that is powerful. As soon as I told him that, I know that he shared it with Andrea and they started praying. And then they shared it with the prayer chain and every, lots of people started praying for Judah. Lord, what were we praying? Lord, have your perfect way. Heal him now. Heal him later. I don't care. I'm going to give you the glory either way. Because there's nothing the devil can do to me that you don't allow him to do. Come on. Oh, you mean you don't pray for healing? Of course I pray for healing. But if for some reason God decides he's going to heal him on the way to heaven, then that's his choice. And I will glorify and honor and worship and trust him anyway. Come on. That is one of the hardest things I'll ever say. Because my flesh don't want to do that. So we kept praying and people texting me and they took him to the ambulance by ambulance to Dallas about six o'clock. They got there about eight o'clock. And, and you just will never know all all the parameters, all the things that's going on in our lives when that starts happening. I mean, people getting clothes ready and getting this ready and trying to do that and try to do this, and you just scramble because we're united. That's my daughter. That's my grandson. There's nothing I won't give up to do for them what they need to do. You hear me? That's exactly the way God feels about you. That is my child, and I don't care what it is they need. I'm going to be there for them. Amen. Come on, be with me. I'll be there right there with them. They'll never go anywhere that I haven't already been. 
I've already seen the front to the end, and I know what's going to happen, and I am the provider. He said, there is nothing that's going to come your way, come your way that you won't be able to handle because I am going to make a way where you can make it. Amen? Amen. So... The Lord had woke me up about 5.30 yesterday morning. I'm an old man, so I get sleepy about 7. I'm in the bed by 8. I'm asleep by 8.01. Okay, that's just the way this body works. So we're waiting for them to get to the hospital, and we're waiting for a phone call. Pastor keeps pestering me about it. What's about Judah? How's Judah doing? How's Judah doing? How's Judah doing? So Lord, help him. <laughs> I thought he's going to keep texting me until he hears a word. So I said, haven't heard anything. We'll let you know. Okay. Well, at about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, this boy just shut down. I was shut down, went to sleep. So I didn't hear anything until this morning. But when they got there, they performed a procedure that if it worked, then there'd be no surgery. It'd just be a slight little minor procedure to get his little body fixed, and they'd send him home. I said, that's what we want, Lord. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're praying for. So I went to sleep believing that God was going to honor my prayer. It's amazing, isn't it? Sometimes we go to sleep, and we don't even know whether he's going to do it or not. We don't know whether we trust him to do it or not. But when I went to sleep last night, I'm going, I trust you, Lord, that take care of my grandson. While I'm asleep. They did the procedure. The procedure worked. Yes. The procedure worked. Pastor got notified so he could go to sleep. And they got home about 4 o'clock this morning and they're home resting. God says, Randall, you can trust me, buddy. There's a lot of people in this world that will tell you things that you can't trust what they say. Or they'll tell you one thing and they'll do another. Or they'll promise to do this and they won't do it. But I'm telling you that if I, t if I tell you something, it's going to come to pass, come hell or high water. Amen? Because the devil obeys me. He obeys my word. I don't obey his word. He is under my foot, and he is under your foot. And the words coming out of your mouth in my name are the same words coming out of my mouth. You have that authority. So when I woke up this morning, my first text that I read was, the procedure worked. They're at home. Praise God. That's simple. That's simple. The devil tried to make it sound like it was going to be so much worse, and God always knew. He already knew it was going to be just a little. But he, let me tell you, nothing happens in your life that God is not in control of. Little things, big things, they're all tests. They're all tests to see where you're at in your relationship with him. That's what he's interested in. He is not worried about what the devil can do. You hear me? You hear me? 
God is not afraid of the devil. He's not afraid of all the devils and all the evil spirits and all the principalities in the world. God is not afraid of them. God's already got everything in control. It says in Proverbs, many are the plans in the heart of man, but the purposes of God shall prevail. That means that God is going to have the last word in every situation. You might not agree with that, with that decision that he makes. And you may get angry. God can handle your anger. You hear me? Oh, I would never get angry at God. Oh, yeah, I will. I will. And I will get, I will get. You remember what Job's wife taught, told him to do? That's what I did. That's what I did. A lot of people said, you cursed God? I said, you better believe it. And I challenged him to a fist duel. I said, come on down here. I want to talk to you. Humanity will do a lot of stupid things when it is hurting. But you know what the Lord told me? He said, I can handle anything you throw my way. I will never stop loving you. I will always be faithful to you. And my grace is sufficient. We must be united. I've got about seven Greek words here that I was going to preach to you today. But me and the Holy Spirit's talking right now. He's, he's talking to me. He's trying to direct my paths. I said, you want me to preach that one, Lord? Um, no. No. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, there's a good one. Sud Ziong Nu Mi. Like that? It means to be yoked together. If you're married, you're yoked. Amen? If you're married to somebody you're supposed to be married to, you're unequally yoked. But God can take an unequal yoke. You hear me? You made a, make, made a, make a mistake when you got married. That doesn't mean that that mistake carries on all the way through your life. God can yoke, equally yoke, that unequally yoked. He just revealed that to me a couple of days ago. He says, I'm, I can do that. If they, are, if they will come to me and obey me and trust me, I can make that an equal yoke. Amen? Matthew 12, 25 says, Jesus said, if a kingdom is divided against itself, it cannot stand. Mark said, if a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. And Luke said in Acts 14 that the city was divided. Some believed the apostles and some believed the Jews. And there was much violence in the city. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be unequally yoked. There is no fellowship between darkness and light. Okay? You cannot deliberately yoke yourself to something that is unequal and expect God to bless it. You've got to pray for him to heal that and make it an equal yoke. Okay? Paul told the church at Galatia, who was trying to go back to their old ways of serving God through the flesh, through the power of the flesh, and he says, no, 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 no. Who told you that? That's not true. The truth is that you have been set free 
for the reason to be free. You have been set at liberty for the reason for you to be free. And do not be yoked again to the sin of slavery or the slavery of sin. He says, don't go back there. Yet we do it, don't we? Raise your hand. You know you do. If, when you sin today, you're looking at slavery going, hmm, that wasn't so bad. But I guarantee you, you get back there and it will be bad. Do not be unequally yoked. One of the pastor brought this up several years ago, and I looked it up again yesterday, and it's about the, the uh, draft horses. You remember that? How many of you know what a draft horse is? Okay, put your hand down. Everybody here, every male here that's married, raise your hand. Those are the draft horses. Amen. We pull the load. We pull the load. So one draft horse that weighs about 1,000 pounds I want you to get this. This is, we're talking about unity, working together. If they are not in unity, we're not going anywhere. They're not, they're not, and we're not. If they're not united. But if I've ever seen two people united, it is scary how united these two people are. Amen? She talks, he finishes the sentence. He starts thinking, she finishes a sentence out loud before he can ever get through with the sentence in his mind. That's, that's how much they are. I mean, it's scary how yoked they are. They are. They are really yoked. And that's a good yoke. One draft horse that weighs 1,000 pounds can pull 8,000 pounds of weight. That is eight to one. That's about the way we are, ain't it? 8,000 pounds. You just give me that load. I can pull that baby. Yeah, 8,000 pounds. Yeah, you put about, I can't, even kept, I can't even catch up with my grandson running across the living room, much less pull anything. I'm getting out of breath just talking about it. <laughs> One draft horse, 8,000 pounds. How much can two draft horses pull? You would think it would be double, 16,000 pounds. And that would be great. I mean, two horses pulling 16,000 pounds. A car weighs about 2,000 pounds. So two of those horses can pull eight cars. But that's not true. And it's not even true that you, that you if they're untrained draft horses, they don't pull together, then it goes to 24,000 pounds. But if these two horses are trained to pull together, Two of them could pull 32,000 pounds. That is a whole bunch of cars. That is exponential. Is it not? That is exponential. You don't double, you quadruple it if you are trained. Come on, somebody get with me here. That's worth an amen without me having to say amen. amen. So you get two people who are trained to work together they can pull eight times the normal load give me 12 good people jesus says i just need 12 i will train them to work together to teach together to heal together to lead people to salvation together i will train them for three years and when i send them out that the leaders of the town says you have turned this whole town upside down. 
That's what we want to do to Greenville, Texas. We want to upset the principalities and the spiritual powers. We want them to watch us train to pull together. Now, this is my last point, so you should be really happy because it's early. I mean, it's 25 till 12. You're going to get there before, the, before others get there. <laughs> Almost messed up there, didn't I? Yeah, not really. We know who gets out of church and goes to right to eat. They're always in line. <laughs> Ahead. And they won't let you jump line. You know, there could be 50 of them in line. There's two people. They're not going to let them two people, especially if they're Pentecostal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what does God want from you? I can tell you what he doesn't want from you. He doesn't want to see you every Sunday morning and not see you the rest of the week. He don't want to hear you. He doesn't want to hear you just when you're in crisis. And when times are good, you never talk to him. That's not what he wants. He doesn't want you to think that you can come to this altar and act one way, knowing in your heart you're going to act a different way and expect him to bless you. But what he does want is he just wants somebody who will obey him and trust him, come to this altar, surrender to him, and let him use you for the rest of your life. That's what he's looking for. Amen? It's not difficult. We make it difficult because we allow our flesh to keep inserting its own little private agenda. But if we would just come to a place... Now, when you join the military... I can still remember the day I joined the Marine Corps. I did it on a lark. My buddy was going to join. I said, hey, I'll join too. Let's go. Yeah, how stupid are we, were we in high school? So we drove to Sulphur Springs, Texas, and we both went before the thing, and he said, raise your hand and repeat after me, I fill the blank. And we go, I fill the blank. That's how stupid we were. Yeah, we had two fill in the blanks there. And we committed ourselves right there. One serious, one just playing, but God knowing both. We committed ourselves to be Marines and to defend our country against all, all, all enemies, both foreign and domestic. That means those across the water and those in our country. Don't matter who they are, we will defend our country against those enemies, and they are enemies. And you do have enemies in our country today trying to pull down America. And the devil's behind every one of them. He's behind every one of them. We made a commitment that day, didn't we, Ray? Didn't we? When we raised our hand. But we were no more Marines than an onion. I mean, we were not Marines. You, you yeah. <laughs> he's going to find out. He's going, I'm a Marine. Yeah, first time he stands in front of that drill sergeant, he'll find out how much of a Marine he is. <laughs> I love it the way they, I love it the way they get right in your face. And they say something like, did I give you eyeball liberty? <laughs> what is that? 
He says, you, you like me? Uh, yes, sir. Don't call me sir. What are you, some kind of homosexual or something? You like me? But you've already made the commitment, buddy. It's a done deal. They got your name written on a piece of paper, and it, they can do whatever they want to to you. Yeah. But see, he will go through hard, difficult times, training to be something that he's committed. I'm proud of him already for wanting to be a, a, a Marine, to be any member of the services. I am. I'm proud of him already. He hasn't done anything yet. But I know he, what he'll go through before he can really say with pride and authority, I am a U.S. Marine. But you're going to go through hard times. And when you go through those hard times, I don't want to hear no whining. Okay? I don't want you to, no whining. You know, you, you sign the deal, you, it's your baby. Take care of your business. Yeah. When he goes through the crucible, that's when the whining will begin. The crucible. Doesn't that even sound bad? You're going to go the crucible. Yeah. He'll think it's hell. Yeah, he will. But what I'm trying to tell you is he, once he, I do, he has officially become a member of a wonderful organization. But if he was to say, okay, I, I want to be a Marine, but I'm not going to boot camp. And I don't want to wear that sorry uniform. I want to wear the uniform I want to wear. And I don't want to go to drill. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to wear the uniform I want to wear. And I want to be. Would they allow him to do that? Then why do we believe that Jesus will allow us to be his ambassadors when we refuse to be identified with him in every way? Everywhere he goes, when he gets out of boot camp, everywhere he goes, he will tell people, I am a Marine. He'll wear the uniform. People will come to him, and he will be proud. Even though he hasn't done anything for the country yet, he'll be proud because he has gone through the training. He is committed. He's already committed. When you come to this altar, are you with me? You know where I'm going? You come to this altar, and you say, Lord Jesus, I want to be a member of your army. I want to be a member of the army of God. He says, okay, get ready for some training. Because I can't trust you yet to go out on the battlefield. You'll get yourself hurt or somebody else hurt. You've got to have a vision. You've got to have some training. And some of it is going to be some that you don't like at all. I'm going to put you through some tests and some situations that you are not going to enjoy. But if you come through them successfully then you'll move on to the next step and the next step and eventually you'll come out and I will say you are now an official member trained and ready now what are Christians trained to do well they're trained to go to church no they're not they're trained to pay their tithe no they're not they're trained to be good people on Sunday and wear a smile no they're not what are Christians trained to do what is he going to be trained to do? Huh? The, he will be trained to obey, and he will, one way or the other. But he will only have one goal, one focus, one job. 
and that goes for every military. We are training to engage the enemy and defeat them. That's it. Amen? That's what we're going to be trained to do, to engage the enemy on the ground, in the air, in the water, on the water, to engage the enemy and defeat them. That's what we'll be trained to do. Oh, I don't want to go, I don't want to go to combat. I just want to have the snazzy uniform and get my college paid for and get a good salary and learn it. Then I, but I don't want to go to combat, so I'm going to be a conscientious objector. <clears throat> I have a very low regard for people who turn conscientious objector after they've been told you're going into combat. If they're one before they join the military, I understand that. I had that feeling myself. Do I really want to kill somebody? Do I really want to kill somebody or, or be killed? No, not necessarily. But when you join, this is all coming back to the unity of the church, okay? The unity of the church. He is not going to be asked, would you like to carry a weapon? <laughs> How about a protective mask? Would you like one of those? And when he's in that airplane, airplane flying at 3,000 feet, and they're fixing to open the door, would you like to have a parachute? It's up to you. Nah, I'll pass. I don't need one. Yes, he's going to take a weapon, a mask, a parachute, and everything else he can get his hands on to help him perform his duty and to protect himself and his buddies. That's what his whole thing will about. You can't become a conscientious objector after you have committed yourself to defending your country against all enemies. You can't do that. You are lying. You can be one before, but not, not after you do the commitment. So we're talking about the unity of the church. The unity, of, does that bother y'all? I know some of y'all keep looking at it. It's a focal point, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. So we're talking about the unity of the church and how this church is going to grow exponentially. United. How does that happen? How does that, how is it going to happen that he's going to become a, a workable part of a well-oiled machine that, they, that the leaders can trust to go into battle and defeat the enemy. What's he going to have to do? He's going to have to do a lot of training, physical, mental, spiritual, a lot of training to get ready before they ever send him out there. Jesus spent three years with his apostles, three years. He's only going to be in boot camp for, what, 13 weeks now? 13 weeks. Three years of boot camp the apostles went through. They heard everything. Jesus taught them everything. Showed them by example. That's what the Marine Corps motto is, lead by example. He showed them, okay, I have the power to heal. Watch this. In my name, rise. I have the power over death. Power. Watch this. Boy, arise. Girl, get up. I have power over the blame, over the blind, over the deaf. I have power over all of these things. I have power over everything, and that power I'm going to give you. So I'm going to show you by example. 
So when we come and we surrender to Christ at the altar of grace and mercy and we make that commitment to him that we will live a Christian life with his help for the rest of our lives, what are you saying? You Trainable. You can't become a conscientious objector. You cannot tell God what you will and what do or where you will go or what you will say. You, it's not up to you. It's not going to be up to him. He will, he will say what they tell him to say. That he'll do what they tell him to do. They'll, he'll go where they tell him to go. And he will be proud to do it. And he'll do the best job that he can do. That's the, that is the least we can do for our Savior, our Commander-in-Chief. That's the least we can do, Pastor. You should have people at your door every day saying, What can I do for Jesus today? Not necessarily for you or for her or for this church, but what can I do for Jesus today? I want to be in his army. I want to be a soldier in the army. What can I do? Train me to do it and then send me out there and let me do it. And I guarantee you he'll never and he'll never turn you away because he already knows the job that he has for you. He already knows what his MOS, his military occupational skill is going to be. They've already chosen it. And God knows what he has put in your heart. He, has known, he knows the talents and the gifts that he's placed in your life. And it's about stinking time. God got his soldiers to rise up, take hold of their weapon, and say, I am ready to engage and defeat the enemy. I am not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of him or what he can do to me or my family because my commander-in-chief has got my back. Amen? 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 That's what I thought. We must be trained, but you must be willing to be trained. Amen? You've got to be willing to be trained. And just because you're saved doesn't mean that you're ready for God to use you in the gifting that he's put in your life. Why do we go to life class every Sunday? For training. Why do we come to church? For a word from God and for training. You don't come to church just for you. If you're a Christian, you don't come to church just for you. You come to church for him, and he may want you to use it, use you for somebody else. Amen? Oh, I'd never go over. I, I'm, I, that's just not me. Well, then you've become a CO. You've become a CO. I'll do what you tell me to do as long as I want to do it. Now, I'll go where you want me to go as long as it's convenient for me. Isn't that true? Isn't that what we do? That's what we tell it. I want to be there the first time you tell your commander or your drill sergeant that. Y'all going to go running today? Uh, I don't feel like running today. He's, he'll go, oh, that's okay. And then he'll grab him by his chinny, chinny, chin, and he'll drag him. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I think God ought to be more like a drill, drill instructor. I think the Holy Ghost ought to be like a drill instructor. I do. I think you ought to get mean. Yeah. You think you can just do what you know, do whatever you want to do, huh? You can grow your hair the way you want to, wear you blue jeans. I mean, you got that ain't that ain't gonna cut it, buddy. I mean, you know, got them things folded up. That is not. I mean, 
we need to have a talk. <laughs> I love this guy. He is going to be a great warrior for God. And warriors can dress like that. I mean, there was a long time when we thought you had to dress a certain way. I mean, the bun, huh? Couldn't wear, oh, no. Couldn't wear a cap and shirt. No, no. Women, well, we don't want to get in all that. I mean, we, we'd be digressing badly, wouldn't we? we? We'd kill that rabbit. How many of you, you see, there always comes a point when you get to make a decision. That's good in every service, isn't it, Pastor? Because, see, we've been preparing you. The Holy Ghost has been preparing you. The Word, the Scripture has been preparing you for a moment in your time, in your life, right now, in your journey, that the Holy Ghost is going to snuggle up to you, and He's going to start listening to you. He's going to start listening to you. He gonna, he's snuggling up to Ryan right now. I can see him. He's snuggling up over here to Ryan. And he's saying, you are the youth leader of this church. If you don't do it right, <laughs> me and you are going to have a come to Jesus moment. Been there? Been there? I think that's the way God ought to get sometimes, just get right in our face and say, hey, you need to man up, bud. You didn't, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you now. I don't need you next week or next month. I need you now, today. Don't you see what's going on in the world? Don't you see what's going on in your town? Don't you see what's going on in your family? I need you. I need you to take that weapon I've given you, which is the Holy Bible, and take that sword and start tearing the kingdom up. Start tearing it up, tearing him down. Amen. 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 So I'm done. I'm done. Boy, am I done. And I, you know, I look forward to this. I look forward to this time right after it happens every year. <laughs> She's the only one that got that. They it's, I told you they were, she gets something, he gets it, you know. I thank you for letting us do this. I thank you for letting us do this. But most of all, I thank you for letting us do this. Amen. This is what I, this is what I want to close with. We're going to get you to come in. We're going to pour oil all over you and pray for you. But this is, the, this is what I want to stick in your mind the rest of this day. Okay? It's not the Marines. It's not the Army. It's not the Navy. And it's not the Coast Guard. It is the United States. <laughs> Who said that? I should have known. He's little, but he's got a big, you know. It's, you, I hear I'm trying to make a serious point, and he's got to make a joke. United States Air Force. United States. It is United States Army. It is United States Navy. And, of course, the United States Marine Corps. United. There are people today in position of power who want to divide us. They are being spurred by 
the ultimate enemy of God and all that's good. He is behind them, and they are being used because they are his children. There are people, and they have power, and they are making laws today that will change your life. But let me tell you this. Many are the plans in the heart of man, but God will have the last word. Every obstacle is an opportunity. You hear me? Don't go to sleep on me. I still got my, you know, I'm still, I got my amen thing. Every obstacle the devil throws in front of you is just an opportunity for God to help you have victory. Amen. Amen. Stand with me today. Stand with me today. Thank you. The veterans, thank you. Your country thanks you. If you are a veteran or a family of a veteran, deceased or living, I want you to raise your hand. If you're a veteran or family of a veteran, look at all the hands. Look at all the hands raised all over. We are full of veterans. Now, if you put your hand. Now, all of you who are true veterans in God's army, raise your hand. Every person here should be raising their hand. Every person should be raising your hand. I am in God's army. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Pastor. Come on up and you can eat it. I would like to pray over him. Yes. Not to highlight one armed branch over another, because it's already been done by our speaker, but <laughs> simplify. Always faithful always faithful though it may not be printed on the others and I know they've got this in a corner market to simplify in order to be a part of the army of the United States you've got to always be faithful to be a part of the kingdom of God and stay one one correction we're not veterans we are active duty we are active duty And if you will conquer the enemies in here, you will help conquer the enemies in your family. And you will help to conquer the enemies in your community. And we will conquer the enemies in this world. That's what we are called to do. I want Dylan to come down. I need some men of God, some veterans. Turn and face me, Dylan. I want some of you men to gather around. Come on. Come on. Come on. Y'all put your hands this way. You got a journey that some of these men know that you're about to go on. You've got some guys that have been where you're headed. I want you to put your hands this way, and I want you to pray for Dylan right now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, let him discover, Lord God, let him discover, Lord God, the power, the potential, Lord God, that is within him. Lord, when he feels weak, Father, let him draw strength from you. When he feels, Almighty God, that he can't make it another step, Lord God, I pray that you will raise him up. I pray that you will guide him, you will protect him, Lord God. I pray there will be anointing rest upon his life. 
that you will lead him, Lord God, and Lord, help him to lead others, that Lord, he may understand that he's not just called to be a soldier, Lord, in the army of the United States, but he is a soldier in the kingdom of God, following the greatest of all kings in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, just pray your protection upon him. And Father, we ask these things in your holy name, believing today that your hand is mightily upon him. And Lord, we love you and we thank you today. In Jesus, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. As we close out today, let me give you a couple of quick announcements. Now, some of you may have heard us announce we did an on-ramp course here uh, a few weeks ago. We spread that out over the course of four weeks, and what we have discovered in that is that it's difficult for you many times to make it out every week. So we have revamped this, and we're going to do an on-ramp course on Sunday, November the 21st from 3 to 5. If you'll come, we're going to feed you a gourmet supper called Pizza from Peddlers. But that's not just an enticement. Don't just come for the pizza. I want you to come in because one thing that we start with and we talk about is faithfulness. And you may say, what is on-ramp? On-ramp is to help you to understand how and where you fit in the body of Christ and to help you have an opportunity to serve either in the local body or in the community. But we want to be in relationship with you and we want to encourage you. And so OnRamp gives you the avenue by which you can get into an area of service. And so not everybody that goes through this will potentially be ready, but at least you'll have the information. Amen? And so I want you to come and be a part of that. That's the on-ramp that's on the 21st. Empty Nesters will be meeting Saturday, November the 13th at 5 o'clock for a chili cook-off. Can somebody say hoorah on that? <laughs> Flourish Women's Ministry have a prayer service Friday the 12th. And on the 14th, they're going to the Cotton Patch for lunch. And this Tuesday, say with me, this Tuesday be hosting the North Texas Food Bank. If you have the time between 8.30 and 11 to come out and help, please do so as we'll be serving the community. If you know someone who could benefit or you yourself could pick up groceries, what they try to do is give a week's worth of groceries to anybody. You don't have no pre-qualification. You just got to show up and tell them how many you have in your household. It matters not. Just come out. But if you would like to help, we desperately need your help. That'll be Tuesday, this Tuesday at the 9th between, get here at 830, 830. Uh, some of you want to come at 8. We can have help setting up. Also, uh, the youth will be going out to the Bainey Farm and they will be out there tonight, be leaving the church at 4.45 and be returning at 8.30. And so uh, youth, youth age, grades 6 to 12, meet here at the church. Pastor Ryan, where do you want them? Over in the side or in front of the fellowship? In front of the fellowship hall. And um, come and be a part of that. Veterans, we love you. And we thank you for your service. We want to say welcome to all of our guests. If you'll take a moment to fill out a, uh, a Connect card, we've got a gift for you at the back. I want to ask Pastor Angel to come up and dismiss us. No, you can't do that. I've got to take the offering. You go to the back. You go to the back. Go back there and meet the, meet the, meet the guests. Meet the guests. If you got an offering today, I want you to take that out. And if we're going to bless the offering and as I shared with you some time back, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was reading through uh, the Word of God. And you know what we do every time we bring the first fruits of our increase? 
what we're doing is we're celebrating Jesus Christ. We're saying, Lord, we're giving to you the first fruits because, Lord, you're not a stingy God. You're not a greedy God. If that's your perception of God, you've got the wrong perception because he gave to us first. And we willingly give back to the Lord the first of our increase. And I, I love the word of God because in the word of God, there are promises and there are blessings that rest upon those that just say, Lord, I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to celebrate you with my worship. I'm going to celebrate you with my giving. I'm going to celebrate you with my sharing. I'm going to celebrate you by smiling at others. I'm going to celebrate you by encouraging others. But, Lord, I'm just going to celebrate you in my giving. And the Lord loves a cheerful giver because a cheerful giver gets it. Gets it. Get, they understand the relationship. So get your offerings out. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we love you and we magnify your name. And Lord, we thank you that you have blessed this gift and you have blessed the giver. Lord, you're blessing them, Lord God, by rebuking the devourer. You're blessing them with abundance, Lord God. You're blessing them with favor and promotion. You are blessing them, Lord God, to rise up, Lord God, and to see this generous heart that flows from you, to flow through them, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you today that, Lord, your blessing rests upon those who understand, Lord God, as we give today, we're giving in celebration of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give it up one more time for Pastor Randall and also for our ministry team that put all this together and especially for our veterans. God bless you today. You are dismissed. See you back here on Wednesday night.